Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 therefore laying aside falsehood speak truth each one of you with his neighbor for we are members of one another for his name's sake prescribe truth we giving you what the doctor ordered jamal bandy apologist the lord's servant we undeserve it but christ changed our mind frame in a world full of errors the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth Welcome back, everybody, to Prescribed Truth Podcast. I'm Jamal Bandy, the host, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that a doctor prescribes to the church and the world today, also a part of the Christian podcast community. If you're listening to this on various podcast apps, please leave a review and just let me know what you think of the show and give me your good criticism and your feedback and, and your encouragements. I greatly appreciate it. If you're watching this live on YouTube, I greatly appreciate you tuning in. And also you can join us live on YouTube at 6 p.m. on Sundays as Easter time, 6 p.m. on Sunday evenings for the recorded live version of the podcast. But if you're watching the replay on YouTube, please leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Please like, share it as well. And if you're not subscribed, please subscribe and hit subscribe and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when I have new and upcoming content. If you want to contact me, you could do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com. I do answer my emails, guys. I will read them and I will respond back to you at my earliest convenience. I promise you. And you can also call me at 801-980-6333. I also reply back to Texas on that um, number as well. So feel free to contact me, guys. Feel free. If you have pushbacks, comments, concerns, any of that kind of stuff, encouragements, I greatly appreciate it. Um, tonight's episode, I want to just give some encouragement. I want to read through First Peter, the first chapter, and just a few verses just to give some encouragement. I was reading this today. And I was just super encouraged. Just things I'm seeing in the text that I thought would be beneficial to share with you guys. And um, also some theological things that I'm no- that I noticed in the text as well that I felt like could combat some, some falsehoods in some, in certain areas. And so I wanted to deal with that and, and just coming from the text of scripture. So, um, don't, I really don't plan on getting any real deep study of this text, um, tonight, but I do want to look at, I probably will look at the underlying Greek. In one verse, one of the verses, Um, maybe two. We'll see. Depending on how I feel, (laughs) but um, but yeah, that's basically it. And just wanted to encourage the believer as well as those of you who may listen who are unbelievers. I pray that um you will see this text and see the good news, the gospel in this text, and that you will trust Christ for as your Lord and Savior. As these promises that's given through the text of Scripture is super encouraging to the believer, and we should um we should meditate on these things daily, daily. All right. Um, at last week, we we talked about um, the idea, the, the false idea that white people in general come from Esau because of a because of a description that's in Genesis dealing with Esau. And um, I, I basically dealt with that as far as how that text is misapplied and to how uh, they say that because white people are like like uh <laughs> are redneck so they can be redneck and they can have flush red complexion that they had to come from Esau or Edom because of the description of uh, Esau being red all over but I dealt with an argument on that saying that that red all over was basically dealing with his hair that he was born with not necessarily dealing with his skin color 
and we talked about that. So please check out last week's podcast if you want more on that, on that um, information for that and uh, going forward. And so next week, I may continue to go back into this argument dealing with Edom and Esau and stuff like that, or may continue on a series dealing with First Peter. But let me know what you think. Let me know in the comments of what you want to hear. If you want to continue on through this uh, this reading of the text or you want to look at some other arguments. So just let me know what you think. And I really do appreciate your uh, feedback. I look forward to it. All right. So um, I'm going to be reading from the Blue Letter Bible app. It's on um, online. I just really like this app. That was pretty cool. And so I'm um, going to be looking at that. So First Peter chapter 1, verse 1 starts off. It says, Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the father by the sanctifying work of the spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. So in this salutation, this intro to Peter's letter, he, he he lets us know who he is. He's an apostle of Jesus Christ, right? But then he says to those who reside as aliens. And I, I'm looking at this word, and this, is, and this is who we are. As Christians, this is what we are. We are aliens in this world. This is not our home, all right? And it, I just love how Peter put it this way. He's remind us that this is not our land. We are aliens here. And we're scattered throughout places. And here, they're scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and so on and so forth. But they're aliens. You know, this is not our home. And I just thought it was a good thing to point out here is keep us and keep us in mind of those things. Uh, we're, we're strangers here. This is this is you think about it in our culture, where our culture is going, and everything else. We are special. <laughs> we are special. We have differing views. We we see everything differently because we do not belong here. This isn't our home. All right, we got a home that's yet to come that we're waiting for, that we're hoping for. And this is how he addresses these Christians, these fellow brothers and sisters. And says, according to the foreknowledge of God. Now, he says we're chosen. And so he says, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. And so, like I said, I was, I was going to look at some things that was going to be that's going to bring out some theological truths. And we see here, this is election who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the father. God the Father is one who chooses, makes you know, gives makes the choice of who's his. He says, We are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. So you see there a working of the triune nature of God. You got the choosing of us by the Father, the sanctifying of ourselves by the Spirit, and Jesus Christ, whose blood was shed on the cross for our sins. All three working together for the purpose of redeeming those who the Father had already called and predestined, that He chosen according to the full knowledge of God the Father. It's, that's beautiful, y'all. That's that should be encouraging to us. And man, like this, there's something we didn't choose ourselves. We didn't come into this life automatically saying, "Hey, I'm gonna follow God." But it was already according to the plan of God that He had already chosen those for Himself, for the praise of His own glory. It had nothing to do with us. It's for the praise of his own glory. According to the foreknowledge of God, the father, by the sanctifying work of the spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. Man, that's just encouraging. So I hope you're encouraged by that to see how the Godhead just works together in all in all of our lives to bring us into the fullness of our sanctifying, our, our sanctification and our salvation. 
It says, verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, I remember reading this a while back when I was dealing with a brother um, who disagreed with um, uh, what's, what's that? I'm trying to think of that. Um, that so you got tulip, right? So what is it? Unconditional got unconditional election. What is it? Uh, limited atonement, uh, irresistible grace. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was that part. Irresistible, irresistible grace that he disagreed with. And when I looked at this verse in First Peter one three, I mean it's clear what it says. Be, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again. Now I'm not going to look at the underlying Greek here, but that word is clear caused us to be born again. All right. He, he wasn't waiting for us to say we want to be born again. He wasn't waiting for us to give an acknowledgement that we needed to be born again and all those things. He caused us to be born again. And it was according to his great mercy. And anytime we see in the scripture uh, talking about God's mercy, that should humble us understand that we are sinful. We are wretched. We are wicked in and of ourselves. And the only reason why we even get to come to the throne of grace is because of God's mercy isn't because of anything that we've done on our own, anything that we've deserved or any of that. We didn't, we, we didn't, we couldn't earn it, but it was according to his mercy. And it is great mercy because our sins, our sins pack on a great debt, a great debt. Our sin costs us in eternity. Whether you sin one time or whether you sin a hundred times in your life, you, your debt is an eternal, an eternal damnation and eternity apart from God and eternity in hell. But it's according to his great mercy that he's caused us to be born again to a living hope, not a dead hope, right? A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So because Jesus rose from the grave, we have a living hope. It's not dead. It doesn't have an expiration date. It's living. It's active. It's continual. And it's according to his great mercy, right? We've been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Y'all, I'm still stuck on this part of being caused to be born again. Caused us. Because we, we know Jesus says in John 3 that unless you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. So we know the seriousness behind being born again. Also here in Ephesians, how we're, when we are born again, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise of a coming inheritance, right? So if, without being born again, we won't see the kingdom of heaven. There's no inheritance. There's no eternal life. None of that apart from being born again. So when we go out and share the gospel, and I'm going to share the good news with people. And even, even when I'm preaching the gospel to myself, I'm coming, I'm constantly realizing that is not in and of myself that I'm able to choose God. If I don't have the Holy Spirit, if I'm not, if I'm not filled with the Spirit, I won't come to God. I won't care about this living hope. I could care less. My life would pattern that. Even in my mistakes, even in things that I do, my life would pattern a, a nonchalant, non caring at all about this living hope. No hope at all. That's, this is beautiful, guys. We always have to keep this in mind. This is according to his great mercy. Once again, his mercy. We didn't earn it. We didn't earn this living hope. Okay. We don't deserve this living hope, but it's according to his great mercy and that we, that he caused us to be born again through 
the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse four, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Y'all, man, this made it so personal, guys. This made it so personal. Right. We, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to obtain an inheritance. Remember how Ephesians talks about that we receive the Holy Spirit, right? The uh, the earnest of this inheritance, this promise this is sealed with this promise of an inheritance. And that earnest is that we, we receive the Holy Spirit as a promise of this future inheritance. So we if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, then we can be sure that we will receive the inheritance. We will obtain it. And it is imperishable, right? There's no, once again, there's no expiration date. It's no expiration date, guys. No limit, which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. Oh, man, no matter how long, even those who have passed away in the past and, you know, they're still sleep, right? They're still, they're still with the Lord right now waiting for judgment. This, this hope that they've hoped for hasn't perished. It hasn't faded away. It's reserved in heaven for us. And the scripture says for you, but he's talking to believers. So it's reserved in heaven for us, man. So like we we don't, we don't live our best life now, guys. (laughs) We're not living our best life now. Our best life is yet to come. It's yet to come. We're waiting to obtain this inheritance. Ah, praise God. Uh, so before we go any further right now, let me take a break and um, listen to some ads real quick, and we'll be right back to finish up. What's up, everyone? This is James Watkins, host of the Five Solas Podcast and founder of Five Solas Ministries. Be sure to check out our podcast that releases every Thursday on your favorite podcasting app as we discuss Christian doctrine and dive into the Reformed theological distinctives and their continued relevance for the church and world today. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Join us each episode as we discuss the truths of these foundational rallying cries of the Protestant Reformers and how this material helps challenge and direct the current church in its life of worship and witness. Visit us online at www.5solasministries.com. That's www.5solasministries.com to learn more information about the ministry and to also check out our awesome Five Solas lineup of t-shirts and gospel tracts. And as always, may all that you do be done to the glory of God. Soli, Deo, Gloria. Can you prove that God is a trinity? Can you prove that Jesus is God? Can you defend the Christian faith? And what is it that Christians truly believe? The new book by Andrew Rappaport, What Do We Believe?, will answer those questions and more. Some people just don't understand what the church is today. But this book will go through the history and meaning of the church. And what's more important than to understand man's sinfulness and God's salvation? Get your copy at whatdowebelievebook.com or at the strivingforeternity.org store. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We just looked at verse four, uh, first Peter chapter one. It talks about to obtain an inheritance, which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. All right. So this should be encouraging to us. These first four verses are super packed with a lot of, a lot of theological implications concerning God's election, um, and, and his sovereignty and salvation. 
Um, even when it comes to us being born again, our desires and all these things. I mean, these first four verses are like just packed with it. All right. And even seeing the work of the triune nature of God in the midst of our salvation, y'all just real quick, just a, just a refresher. Um, verse, starting verse one and towards the end, as he, as he gives his salutation and he says, these people who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. So we see the choosing of the Father, the sanctifying work of the Spirit, and the blood that was shed by Jesus Christ, who's the Son. So we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three working together in the sanctifying and the salvation of uh, particular people to himself, these people who are chosen, all right, election. And then we see uh, irresistible grace, as I talked about dealing with uh, verse three, where it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope. So this is not something that we did on our own. We didn't make this happen. We didn't do some kind of special prayer to make this happen and any of that kind of stuff. The father caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then verse four, where we left off to obtain an inheritance, which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So if we are truly born again, guys, if you are truly filled with the Holy Spirit of promise, this inheritance, this, this inheritance is imperishable. It will not fade away. It's not going anywhere. But and also it is reserved in heaven for you. All right. That should be encouraging to us as believers. This this inheritance, we're going to obtain it. We don't have it yet, but we're going to obtain this. And when we do, it's reserved in heaven for us. It's waiting for us. All right. And so I was, I was saying before we went on a break that we're not living our best life now. Neither should we be seeking to live our best life now. Um, there's no way for a believer to live a best life now. I mean, we can have a decent life. We can have things and have a good life, This, you know, so and so forth. But we won't have our best life now. Our best life is yet to come. Our best life is being reserved in heaven for you, for us. All right. So that should be encouraging. And so um, just give context again. Read verse three again and go into verse five where we're going to continue. I do want to look at some underlying Greek and I want to show that on the screen as well. Dealing with first five, just for, make, for more encouragement, just more encouragement is one of these words. I'm going to get to that when we get there. So let's read verse three again in context and go into verse five. So verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Man, it's a lot there. It's a lot there. And it's good. He says, who are protected? This is us. This inheritance is reserved in heaven for us who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So when will this be revealed? In the last time. And that word for last, there is eschatos. It's dealing with the, the eschaton, the end, right? It'll be revealed in the last time, but it's a, for salvation. The salvation. This word for protected, and I may pronounce, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but it's, uh, flureo. 
it got it got like a role in the R. Means to guard, protect by a military guard, either to prevent hostile invasion or to keep the inhabitants of a besieged city from flight. Um, metaphorically, under the control of the Mosaic law that he might not escape from his power. B, definition to protect by guarding to keep. C, by watching and guarding to pervert, to preserve one for the attainment of something. Now, given the context of what we just read, I believe the C definition is more fitted for this by watching and guarding to preserve one for the attainment of something. Because we're talking about this inheritance that is reserved in heaven for us, right? And then it's protected, and then we're being who are protected by the power of God. All right. So we're preserved for the attainment of something. So we see here preservation of the saints. Uh, I'm going to say that again preservation of the saints. Perseverance of the saints. I, I think I has put out how that is really said for the P and tulip. The perseverance of the saints. We see that here protected by the power of God. So verse four, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So this attainment of this salvation. So those of us who are in Christ, we are being preserved by the power of God. It ain't you. It's not in you. You see, it's, it's God working through us through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And this faith is a deep longing trust, a tr our trust in Christ, our trust in the finished work of Christ, our trust and belief in the gospel. Right. And in, 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 in that we obey the gospel. Right. We turn from our sins and we're putting our trust in Christ. And all this is all the, all of that is the working of the power of God in us, even our faith. That's um, that's mentioned in Colossians, how the working of our faith, all that's done by the power of God. So we're being protected. This should be encouraging to the believer. Please, believer, be encouraged. This inheritance is reserved in heaven for you. It's imperishable. It's undefiled. It's not going to fade away. And you're protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I'm going, I'm going to continue to read a little bit more. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Another translation says temptations. And that's what that underlying Greek word does mean. It does uh, can mean temptations. So these various temptations that we're dealing with, that we're distressed by, that causes us distress, it causes us pain because we know of the, of the power of sin and, and, and its implications and all these things, how sin brought us death and all these things. We're distressed by temptations, right? We're distressed by them, but we still greatly rejoice. We greatly rejoice because of this inheritance, because of these promises, because of God's work in our lives. And this goes to show that even though these temptations exist and all these things come, it shows that we still have a component in ourselves that is fleshly. Like we're not, we're not, we're not perfect now. We're the call is to be holy as God is holy, but we we also see that we're not perfect. We're not perfect, but our hope should not be in our perfection, as far as us being able to work something through and work something out. Our hope should be in Christ, the one who's already done the work, who's already done the work, and because He's caused us to be born again to a living hope, 
Our living is different. Our thinking is different. Because of the power that's working yet in us, this faith that we have, it says, uh, so that, okay, I'm going to read verse six again. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute now. The temptations that we find ourselves distressed by, right? These trials that we find ourselves in, we deal with them, right? We deal with them. We greatly rejoice, even though we deal with these things for a little while, right? If necessary, as the scripture says. But it's so that the proof of our faith that is more precious than gold, and it is perishable, not our faith, but gold is perishable, but our faith isn't. Said that our faith, and we prove our faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the midst of our trials, in the midst of these temptations that come, we should be able to have focus on Christ. And in the midst of our trials and temptations, we should be able to Praise him and glorify him and honor him in the midst of these trials and temptations. That would also entail that we're not glorifying him in sinning, right? We're glorifying him in abstaining from those temptations and turning away from sin. When it's hard, when those trials come and these circumstances come that may cause us to want to sin, may cause us to do things we know we should not do. But the turning from those things should bring glory praise and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to finish the thought. It says, and though you have not seen him, you love him. Who man. I remember having a conversation with somebody earlier, probably a few days ago, talking about, man, like, I know we've all heard this before as Christians. How can you, you know, love this God and you don't know him? Like, you've never seen him. Like, how do you even know you really love him? You haven't seen him. <laughs> you don't know what he looks like. You know, how can you love him? And and Peter here gives us assurance because in this time, I'm guessing people said the same thing to them. But so Peter seen Jesus. But Peter knew that somebody's somebody like these disciples that I'm writing to, they haven't seen Jesus. That's beautiful, y'all. Like, even though Jesus had not not long yet died or rose and rose from the grave and ascended, there are people who have not walked with him. And Peter is writing this letter to them. And he says, though you have not seen him, like you didn't walk with him like we did. So though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's verse nine. Also, man, like even though we haven't seen Jesus, even though like we don't see him now, we believe we believe and do we believe that he just existed? No, it ain't just that. We believe in everything that he said, everything that he taught, everything he stood for, everything he's done, his work on the cross. We believe that's what our faith is in. Our trust is in Christ, the one who rose from the grave. He rose from the grave. He said, we greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible 
and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So our faith is continuing this life, guys. Grow in your faith in Christ. Look to him more. You find yourself in various trials and temptations. Don't be discouraged. Turn from your sins. Put your trust in Christ that you may share in this joy, this inexpressible joy that's full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of our trust in Christ, the salvation of our souls. We're still waiting for our best life, guys. Our hope that's yet to come, and it is a living hope, as Scripture says. And for those of us who are in Christ, we are protected by the power of God. There's nothing that can turn us away from the love of God. There's nothing that can turn our hearts away from loving God if we're truly in Christ, if you are filled with his spirit. So with that being said, I want to urge those who may listen to this podcast, who may watch this episode on YouTube. If you are not in Christ, if you are not a born again Christian, I plead with you to turn from your sins and put your trust in Christ. Whatever doubts you may be holding on to because you haven't seen this Jesus and don't know what a picture of him is and all these things. None of those things matter. The fact is that he rose from the grave. He came. He rose from the grave. He, he, he died on a cross. These things happened. They are true. Believe in the gospel, the good news. We all sin against God and our sin costs us an eternity in hell. That's what we deserve. Right. But it's according to his great mercy that he causes us to be born again. So my plea, my prayer to you is that if you're hearing this message, I pray that your heart is pricked. I pray that the Lord has softened your heart to receive this message and that you would turn to Christ, turn from your sins and turn to Christ. Trust in him with your life and everything, all your desires and everything else. And by his grace, by his great mercy, he would have given you his spirit by causing you to be born again. And you will love him. You will love him. And it won't be a forced love as people try to falsely claim towards those who hold to Tulip. It's not a forced love. When our hearts are changed, we willingly love God. We're not forced to love him. We willingly love him because of the change that has happened in us. Because prior to that change, we willfully hated God. We wasn't forced to hate God. We willfully hated him because our nature was darkened by sin. But it's by his grace and by his mercy that he's given us a new heart that we may know him, trust him, believe him and obey him. So that's my encouragement with you guys as you're listening to this podcast. I pray that it's been helpful to you and it has been encouraging to you. It's definitely been encouraging to me. Please join me next time. Of next Sunday, Eastern Time, 6 p.m., for another episode of Prescribed Truth Podcast on YouTube live, um, as well as listening on the podcast apps. It, please subscribe to the email, uh, my email list on my website. Go to prescribedtruth.com. You can subscribe to the email list and you can get first, you can get first listens concerning the podcast because I send it out, um, like a flash email to everybody once I you know, make it. I, I did it last week. I hope everybody got it. I didn't hear anything from anybody that didn't get it. I hope they got it, but I'm doing that as well. So if you want to stay in tune with all those things, please subscribe to the email list there. And um, if you want to support this ministry financially, you can do so by joining me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth for only a dollar or more a month. You can support the live this of uh, this podcast and the, the streaming of this podcast at various sources and all those things, even a website. I greatly appreciate it. If not, as always, I appreciate your prayers. So remember, in a world full of errors, the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings, guys.